All right, all right. Holiday edition, Pleasantly Persistent Podcast. Uh, I'm here uh, solo today uh, with guest Lex Evan. Lex, first time meeting you. Pleasure. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining. Pleasure to meet you as well. Thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, for sure. So uh, give us uh, a brief intro and then we can dive in. Sure. Uh, so I'm Lex. I've been a designer brand strategist for about 15 years. Two years ago, I started Lexington Bakes um, accidentally from an Instagram post that yielded $5,000 in pre-sales in five days for a $10 brownie I never intended to sell. And next year we will hit 1 million annual recurring revenue. Legit goosebumps. All right. So let's dive into that. So I've like half read your LinkedIn post about that. So let's, I want to hear from you. So yeah, that's, that's really wild. Talk me through, please. That, that time, that experiment. Um, okay. So a little background along my 15 year career of design, I, took on baking as a hobby, just taught myself everything from cookbooks and Google and YouTube. Um, I used to just bring treats into work, uh, neighbors, holiday parties, and the feedback was consistent. People would tell me your, your stuff's amazing. It's not too sweet. I normally don't like X, but I like your version of X. Um, I never wanted to do anything with it business wise because I didn't want to lose the fun of baking. Um, I had once agreed to cater a friend's wedding with like a thousand macarons that I made in my New York oven, one tray at a time. It took me three weekends. I had to hand paint half of them gold. It was a nightmare. So I vowed I would never turn this into a business ever again. And now 10 years later, here we are with an official Lexington Bakes business. So the way I've managed to keep the joy in all of this is, is, I still treat this company the way I treated my baking journey of just like, I'm making treats and I just want you to have to try them or eat them. Um, I don't push the brand on anyone. Everything, all of the success in the last two years has all been inbound, word of mouth. Um, I don't have marketing budget, haven't had one. Um, But I think because of my background in brand strategy, brand design, I saw an opportunity to take a product that people loved, build an awesome brand around it that retailers would love and would help them meet their goals to bring people into their stores for different reasons. Um, very future forward brand focused on sustainability, environmentally conscious practices, fair trade practices, and just like doing everything <laughs> against the grain. Um, Cause I'm finding that's what's resonating with people so much. It's like, whoa, like, why are you giving out your trade secrets on the back of your label? We list not just our ingredient deck, but the specific ingredient partners we work with. Really? Because I take pride in the fact that I'm using wholesome sugar and Cho chocolate and Strauss butter. Like, they have amazing reputations on their own. They are the best at what they do. So if I'm going to make the best brownie, it's going to be made with the best ingredients. Um but I also have like a gripe against bakeries who claim we only make it with the best ingredients. And then they don't tell you what they are and you don't know if they're using canola oil or butter or margarine. And I'm like, okay, that's a little sus. 
Um, totally. And there's no regulations. Like you can say all natural, made with love, best ingredients. It could be complete conventional garbage. And you yeah. can say all that. If you're making something with love and you're using canola oil, like, I'm sorry, that that is a, a conflict um, that I'm doesn't register in my brain as being true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you, so tell me about the Instagram post. Um, okay. So <laughs> I, I'm kind of an overachiever. I've also had like three other startups in the last 10 years. One was a design marketplace. I learned how to code to build an app. Um, couldn't get investment at the time, which is ironic because I feel like now there's three startups that are literally doing what I wanted to do 10 years ago. Hmm. Um, it's okay. Uh, I then had a LGBTQ plus activism apparel brand that I later launched another company under, which was a digital publication. While I was launching those last two, I broke my spine. Um, I went through eight months of like crazy physical therapy, literally mm -hmm. trying every non-invasive thing to, to heal myself. Ultimately had surgery, took like two months to recover. I then moved from New York to LA. And then the pandemic happened a month later. And then the world just began to fall apart. And I just didn't have it in me to lead a brand that required me to be the front of like so much hatred and education. So I just like cut my losses uh, and said, I'm done with startups. I'm just going to accept my life, my career. I'm very happy with where it was. And I got back into my like passion of baking. Literally the first post I put on Instagram of me getting back into baking was everyone asking me to buy the brownies. So I was like, oh, like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I just paid off $40,000 of debt from my savings account to clear out my last startups. I'm not doing this again. But everyone just like kept asking. And uh, I, I did some Instagram polls. I'm like, look, they're very expensive brownies. It's going to be like $10 a brownie. And if you're shipping them from LA to New York, where most of my friends and family were, like you have to pay for expedited shipping because it's a perishable item. So it came out to like $50 for four brownies. And I'm like, no one in their right mind is going to pay $50 for four brownies. Like, I don't believe in this. And I raised $5,000 in five days to ship 500 brownies across the country. So I was like, okay, you've proven me wrong. Let's do this. We're going to do this together. I'm not going to do it alone. Like, um, sorry, I, I tend to ramble, but. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mesmerized and, and, and following. This is great. So, so you had the Instagram post. It became apparent that this could be a business. So at what point, yeah, what point did you, was Erewhon an inbound? Like at what point did you get into your first store? Like at what point did you decide you were gonna leave Johnson and Johnson? And I think that's where you're at, and do it, do it full time. And like, yeah, I guess start there. Start I, I took it inch by inch, like very slowly, very cautiously. I wasn't putting any money into this like that wasn't matched by consumers. So I raised $5,000 from pre-sales for a product that didn't exist, a brand that didn't exist. And I'm like, okay, that you've convinced me enough to put in another 5k um, of my own. So it took me six weeks from like that Venmo fundraise to form a legal entity, find a commercial kitchen, source ingredients, equipment, figure out how to work in a commercial kitchen. Cause I'd never done that before. 
Um, but it all came to life in six weeks. I delivered 500 brownies across the country in beautiful packaging in six weeks. Um, that was between November and Christmas. So all the brownies arrived on before, right before Christmas. I then took the next two weeks off, um, which I normally have done for the last 10 years uh, from my day job and built a Shopify site in two weeks, um, launched officially January 2022 with another product because the website looked kind of lame with just a brownie. So I launched the, our chocolate chip number five cookie that sold out to the same audience. Mind you, this is only an audience of like 200 people on my Instagram. Like I did not have a big following. It was literally just very like close friends and family. I had pruned my previous Instagram account cause it just became too crazy. So it was a very intimate, close community. Um, launched the website in January. And by March, I had submitted the brand to Foxtrot's up and comers contest uh-huh. on the last day of the contest. Like I got served an Instagram ad and I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm going to like make it. Like I just started. There's no way. The next day I get an email from Foxtrot that's like, Hey, we saw your website. We really love your brand. Can you send us samples? And as soon as they got the samples, they're like, don't worry about the competition. We're going to put you on shelf. Uh, so that buying, was just, did they ask you to go through a distributor or did you ship direct? So the up and comers contest is like the most life changing thing for an emerging CPG brand because they did not require a distributor. They, they literally do what they, what they're talking about, right? They're supporting emerging CPG brands from the very onset. Like I didn't even have retail trays printed um, to ship them. I'm like, what do you guys want this in? They're like, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, okay. Don't no, 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 I'll figure this out. Like I have a background in CPG. I can make this happen. Like, I'm not going to stress you out. You've got 30 brands to like onboard. And a lot of people don't have the background I have. So I, I will figure this out. Um, but yeah, for the, they're like, for the first couple of months, you can go direct, but typically you need a distributor. So they helped connect me to pod foods. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to get product on shelf quickly, we just ship direct to each store. Um, I am very OCD and just had built up operations and logistics early on. Like, I, of course I wanted my brand to get into retail. I just didn't think it would happen like in three months. Um, so I already had like costs figured out on how to efficiently ship product across the country. Like that's how the brand started. So for me to ship directly to 22 stores for Foxtrot in three different city uh, states was nothing. It was simple. Like it was already in, in the plan. But how much were they like, if it wasn't, if you weren't shipping a pallet and you're shipping a small amount, like what did they have to, weren't they buying it for a good amount per unit? Like what did they have to charge? Um, for the first four months I was shipping almost a case per SKU per store to Foxtrot. Um, with a case pack is 12 and we had two SKUs at Foxtrot. So I was shipping out stuff like crazy for the first couple months. Um, they had us on an end cap with all the other up and comer finalists. So like, I cannot, um, praise Foxtrot enough for what they have done for Lexington bakes to succeed. Like selecting us was one thing, putting us on this end cap was another, um, their ordering team is just like on top of it. They're like, Nope, we sold this mount this week. We need like 150% more for the following week. Like 
they are amazing at what they do. Uh, the margins needed some correcting over time because, like, I just like I was very hesitant to launch this brand, and I just kept thinking like there are all these things I have to meet the price of whatever is close to me. It can't be too far out. And eventually, I'm like, look, this isn't going to work if I try to to devalue what I'm doing. So I have to be firm and say it's a ten dollar brownie. Like it has a high wholesale cost, but your your margin meets that like thirty five to forty percent margin that you need as a retailer. But in the tiny little space that my twelve brownies take on your shelf, you're going to make twice as much money if you put like a three dollar candy bar in that same space. So there's a lot of value to the retailer in what Lexington Bakes offers. Yeah. So right now the company is you. Yes. It is still just me. I literally do everything from recipe development to production of brownies and cookies to the design to the marketing to operations. Uh, at wow. the Yeah. How's your How's your work schedule? How's your sanity? So for two years, I built Lexington Bakes alongside working at Johnson & Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, I just sacrificed any social life or like family time. Um, my family's back in Jersey and I'm in LA, so it makes it a little easier to be like, well, I, I wasn't going to go to this family event anyway because it's 3,000 miles away. So it, it gives me the permission to just work nonstop. Um, obviously that can't last forever. So in August of this year, I left Johnson and Johnson and have done Lexington bakes full time. And I've been critical of people saying that you can't build a company without leaving your job. Mm-hmm. And like, I get it. Cause yeah, when I quit my job, like it, it had like a huge impact on how much faster I can do things for Lexington bakes. But I didn't have the capital to quit my job two years ago. So if I had quit two years ago, I would have failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're raising money now. I'm planning you- to raise money in Q1. Um, okay. But I'm hearing from a lot of people that I shouldn't or that it's going to be difficult. And if anyone knows me, like difficult doesn't scare me. Eh, I mean, it's all kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Like there's like the rational brain and then there's like what's possible and like, are there investors like always? And like, if we're going to be honest, not for all stories, but your story really seems to be powerful, unique and working. Yes. There's always challenges, but like, I don't know what you have going on. is awesome. I can't wait to order. I think you need to have a delusional level of confidence to succeed. And I think the thing I have in my favor is that I've failed with three other startups. Mm -hmm. I have lost like almost a hundred thousand dollars in the last 10 years that I've spent on startups and I'm fine. I'm still living. I'm still thriving. Like I still have my investment portfolio outside of this. Uh, Like I'm genuinely not afraid to fail. I'm doing this because people want my brownies. They asked me to start this company And every time we get on shelf, the product sells itself. We've been on shelf at Foxtrot for a year and a half. No promos, no marketing budget. It is still there. They still take us into every new store. Um, We launched at Air One in March of this year. 
And in three months, we became a top 10 brand in category out of like 30 plus brands. Two other brownie brands have been delisted since our brownies got on shelf. Um, in September of this year, I brought my third SKU to Air One strategically to move us up in those ranks. And it worked in three months. We went from top 10 to top five. That to me was a very validating moment, like as a CEO deciding strategically, this is why we're doing this flavor in this account. This is our goal and objective. And we met that in three months. It's amazing. So who will your first hire be? What role? I used to say it would be a director of operations, but like, that's easy for me. So I want to get the most difficult thing of my day to day off my plate. So the first person I want to hire next year, whether it's full-time or on a part-time basis, is just like, I need a community manager and I know social is not a one person team. And I understand that. And like, I don't need that person to do content. I don't need them to do content strategy. I just need them to manage their relationships with our influencers and find more influencers. And that's it. Just, just email the influencers, have a great rapport conversation with them, get to know them. I want to do seasonal, uh, boxes for our influencers because while there's no promos or marketing budget, like influencers have been such a key to our success at Air One. Like I can, I can see a jump in sales from when an influencer posts about how much she loves her chocolate chip cookie. And then a week later, I'm like, oh, uh, this Air One store ordered like four more cases. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. How do you, uh, so I think you said you're in production the back half of the week, the days you're not in production, how do you organize your day? Like, how do you not let the day take you and be reactive, which right happens to all of us a lot of the time, but how do you like, yeah, like how do you stay proactive? I credit so much of what I'm able to do to my time at Johnson and Johnson, like 10 years at J&J sounds amazing. And then people find out it's like, oh, you were just a designer. And I'm like, yeah, I was a designer, but like I worked on global strategy for these brands. Like my marketing partners turned to me to be like, what color should this be in this country? What illustration style is going to register for people in India to know that this is a lychee versus people in Japan? Like mm -hmm. I have studied people for the last 10 years around the globe in order to understand like their behavior, their kind of like the way their brains work. Um, and I've managed like three skincare brands at a time and like 20 projects at a time, ranging from like two month projects to two year projects. So my capacity to, to kind of pivot and think and just know so much about so many different things to answer whoever asked me a question at whatever time, has grown from that time. And I've also intimately worked with like some of the best marketers on the planet. Like that is going to rub that information and knowledge is going to rub off on you. Like asking questions about why we do certain things a certain way, why are our margins this high? Like all of that is how Lexington makes us working. Like I joke that I've earned my MBA from working at Change A for 10 years. Totally. I, I bet. Um, when it's just you and the laptop, music or no music? At home, 
uh, my home office. Like, if I'm designing, I need music. If I'm doing like non-design work, I can't have music because like it, like I need my brain to to focus and think when I'm strategizing or writing emails or kind of having conversations or making our our decks. Um, I do miss having more design time, but like that's not my job anymore. Like I'm doing it because I've probably saved over a million dollars in the last two years from doing all the design and brand strategy and content stuff myself. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I work on the business Monday through Wednesday and then Thursday through Sunday, I'm in production. So Thursday through Sunday in production music nonstop. Like I am Taylor Swift's like top 0.01% listener mm-hmm. because uh-huh. Thursday through Sunday, I just listen to Taylor Swift nonstop in production. Um, relationship with caffeine random question i've been asking in the last handful of podcasts i'm just curious in this moment uh of time no caffeine how long has that been the case i have never been a coffee drinker i think i've tried it twice in my life and just gotten sick or headaches or just bad reaction i love the flavor of coffee i just can't drink it um so i like i use it in baked goods it's actually in our brownie and our cookie it's a very tiny amount uh, I'm a big tea drinker. Like I brew my own tea, make it iced. Mm-hmm. Um, I've become a little picky about my tea brands and, and loose leaf tea and not having tea bags. Yeah. Um, tea bags are so, it makes my local place has, which so many do has like the plastic tea bags. Oh no, like, no, no, come no, no, on, no. Like the bleach plastic tea bags. I, uh, yeah, I've gotten into loose leaf myself. Um, it's amazing, but consumers don't care and think about it the vast majority of the time. Well, it's also because the shops don't care about tea either. Yes. So when like, I, I won't name the chain, but everyone knows who I'm talking about. When you get that white cup with the green circle and they just dump a tea bag in there and close the lid and hand it to you and you're sipping on it for the rest of the, the next two hours, like after six minutes, max toxins get released from those leaves you have to take that tea out of the water like tea should only steep for three to five minutes depending on the variety and and kind of tea that it is so it's really bad that you get a cup of tea and they just leave the bag in there and don't tell you to take it out totally totally um all right uh who is your uh who's your brand crush I, uh, well, if you see my Instagram and LinkedIn lately, I'm obsessed with gigantic candy bars. Okay. Um, they're just like the best treat I've had in a long time. Uh, that's product wise. Brand wise, I really love Malk. Like as a designer, like I just admire Malk so much. Like mm-hmm. it's so clean and simple and just like effortless, but I know how much work went into making it look effortless. Um, it also just looks so smart and kind of just like, it's on shelf with all these other boxes that are trying so hard. And Malk is just mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're just clean and simple and we're here. And if you want us, you can buy us. And like, we're mm-hmm. not gonna devalue ourselves. So I'm like, I very much appreciate that because it's it's kind of like what I'm doing. My brownie is in a transparent bag with a gold logo and a gold product name. There are no claims. It's just there. You can see what it is. It's very simple. 
and I'm not going to devalue the price of it. Yep. Heck yeah. All right. Awesome conversation. Best place for people to find you. LinkedIn. I post there almost every day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, LexingtonBakes.com, Lexington Bakes on all the socials and Lex Evan for my personal, but that won't be very appealing to most people. Yep. All right, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is awesome. Woo.